0: Greetings! So glad to have everybody here back with us. Welcome to the Little Pieces podcast, and we are looking forward to our next episode.
1: Uh, yeah, um, we're glad to be here with our new youth director, um, JD Polson.
2: Hey, everybody. I'm I'm JD, and I'm a new youth director. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So welcome to Centerville Presbyterian, J.D. We're delighted to have you. And, and thanks for joining James and I here on the Little Pieces podcast.
2: Yeah, when I, when I heard about this, I was really stoked. I'm a I'm a big po- uh, fan of podcasts in general, so just happy to be here, I guess.
0: Oh, terrific.
2: So hey, um, as we're getting to know you,
0: could you tell us a little bit about how how you first came to know Jesus and at what point in your life or yeah, give us a little bit of background?
2: Yeah, there's kind of like two... It, like I came to know Christ when I was pretty young, but I felt like there was kind of a more of an inciting moment of my faith later. Uh, I really uh, like gave my life to Christ when I was like five years old. My, it, it was just like, I was home one day. I've been going to like Juana and stuff like that. And my parents like raised me in the church and everything, but I, I really was just like, I was really scared of hell. So I was like, I'm going to give my life to Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. And I, I believe I was saved in that moment. Cause you know, Jesus talks about like, you know, faith like a child and stuff like that. I don't think I needed to have some th- firm theological understanding of salvation. I just knew that Jesus loved me and I wanted to be with him. So, uh, but I didn't really understand how much God loved me. I think until later, uh, when I was in second grade, I, I had a lot of problems where I just kind of felt like an outcast. I-, I got diagnosed with ADHD later, but, um, uh, they, they told me also that they, think that I was ADHD because I was depressed at a really young age. Uh, when I was in second grade, I actually was kind of suicidal mm-hmm. because I would, um, I never like tried anything or anything like that, but I actually, I felt so rejected by other people that I, I thought I was some kind of mistake. And I would actually like pray to God that he would, that he would kill me or something like that, which was, was really dark. The older I've gotten the more I realized like, wow, I can't believe I went through that in second grade and, probably it was probably the biggest faith moment of my life though, is I was really just worried. I'd get in trouble for doing dumb stuff. I almost got kicked out of school when I was in second grade. And I remember just praying and asking God like why I was this way and why couldn't I just behave like other kids and why was I so rejected? And I remember this moment where like, it almost felt like God was like holding on to me, like every feeling of like depression and all of that just kind of went away. And I almost like could feel God telling me like how much he loved me and that He had a plan for me. And then I wasn't a mistake. And that even like in this moment, he had a plan for it. And from then on, like, I just really understood like how much Jesus didn't just die for the whole world. Like he died for me and how much he loved me. And just that moment, it really just, it went from any thought of like wanting to live a, a selfish life or do something for myself. Like I realized Christ basically gave me the life that I have and just made me grateful for it and i just wanted to commit my life to him after he showed me how much he really did love me so
1: yeah yeah that's that's crazy like my sister's in fifth grade and she in my mind she's just oh playing fortnite watching youtube videos playing yeah, this dance yeah. with dance but yeah that's crazy but that's cool though because i feel like everyone we've interviewed who either came to christ like somewhat late i mean to me late yeah. i don't know because i'm still in high school, but, um, or like in high school, but um, you're the first person who's been like second grade where that was like the defining moment, whereas yeah. even everyone else, it's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And and it's such a great reminder that um, children, no matter how young, they're, they're living a very full life and there's a lot going on and they're feeling all the pressures and the challenges. And it makes, uh, it's very humbling to me to remind me that we need to be very attentive to even the children who, you know, are are half our height to to come down and have a conversation with them because there's stuff going on.
2: Mm -hmm. They might just, they're probably dealing with similar things we do, but they just see it in a different way because they're, they're children. They don't know how to deal with some of those things. So.
1: Let me ask you a follow-up. Is that, did any of that experience kind of lead you into youth ministry at all or not?
2: Um. I'd say in a way it did, because so after that, uh, because I was I felt like kind of an outcast. But then after that, I started to if someone was kind of like in in middle school and high school, if they either felt kind of the same way or depressed or whatever, or they were kind of that kid that nobody wanted to talk to, like that kid, they're like, oh, this guy's really annoying. Nobody likes to hang out with him. I was kind of drawn to like, I want to hang out with this person because I know how he feels. You know, I know what it feels like to what, to have everyone just be like, "Oh, this guy's annoying," or we don't don't talk to him. And I'd want to be that guy that who'd want to talk to him. And I've seen that kind of translate like youth ministry because there's still middle schoolers that get treated that way, and that'll probably happen for all of eternity, or maybe not eternity, but at least <laughs> as long as there's middle schoolers around. And so it, it became easy for me to kind of like, okay, this kid maybe I don't even relate to him in any way, or maybe he is kind of annoying, but i like, I know how he feels and I can sit down and talk to him and I can find ways to relate to him. And usually it's just asking questions. But yeah, I, I've seen at least, maybe not led me to youth ministry, but really has, I've seen how God has used that. And then I remember one time I, there's been a couple of times I like shared my testimony. I was like, you know, I used to be suicidal and then I'll have like a student come up to me afterwards and be like, yeah, I feel the same way or like I had one of my kids in my small group tell me, he's like, yeah, I've had those thoughts. Can we sit down and talk about it? And this was like the first time I met him is like, I had to sit down and ask him how he felt about, you know, being depressed and thinking about wanting to kill himself. So, but that's a good conversation to have to begin with.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people do go through those emotions and the challenges that um, be, this world is not an easy place. It's a broken place. Yeah. And um, we need to be able to recognize that and, be available to people to be able to talk no matter, no matter what their age is. Mm-hmm. Um, so JD, you kind of started talking about it, but I would really be interested in hearing, can you tell us the time um, as specific as you're able, like when did God work through you um, to, to touch somebody else's life, how he, uh, I don't know, spoke through you or through your actions that, that, that really had a kingdom purpose.
2: Yeah. When, when, uh, the, the the thought that always comes up to me is there's this moment where I really didn't think God was going to use me in a particular situation, but he really did. It was one time we were at a camp with a, an old youth group I worked with and we, we partnered with this group called angel tree, which works with um, families who have a, a family member in prison. And so they got away for a lot of the kids who are in that group to go with us up to camp. And I didn't, think anything too much of it until we like got to camp and but a lot of the kids were just really they would misbehave a lot and it was kind of a challenge and so when I was there I was kind of thinking like man I don't think I'm gonna be able to I had these two guys in my cabin I was like I don't think I'm gonna be able to reach these two guys you know like I'm gonna try but I just think on my own ability it's not something that I'm gonna be able to do and at the end of the week I, I would try to do a one-on-one with every student just straight up ask them like what the gospel was like what did they believe about Jesus in heaven and everything and I remember walking with both of them and um both I asked them like how do you how do you go to heaven like how do you think you you do that and both of them kind of said like you do a bunch of good things and then you go to heaven and I just sat down and told them like you know it's it's not that at all it says in scripture that you're you're saved by grace through Christ. And like, I would go through like Romans and be like, no, this is not <laughs> it. Paul literally spells out like that. That's not how it, it works. And I, after that, I would have, I had like a two hour conversation, just talking about life with them. And one of them was saying like, he, he's, he really looks up to his older brother, but he's always like, I just don't feel like I, I fit in with other kids. Cause I feel like they don't look at the world and, and think about what's going on. And just like this really deep conversation where, the beginning of us having a one-on-one, he was kind of like, can we make this quick? Like, I want to go and, like, go do something like laser tag or something like that. And it ended up being just us sitting and talking for two hours. And I, I haven't seen them since, like, that camp, which is kind of a bummer. They didn't come back to, like, the youth group or anything. But I think they went to a different church already. But I don't know. I, I, that moment was just always, like, a. I didn't think I could do anything, but then God just showed me, like, it's not you doing it. Like, I've, I've set this up for you to have, to be even easier than you ever could have imagined. You know, it literally was just me asking, how do you go to heaven? And so it was just really cool.
1: I think there is a misconception of, like, uh, heaven and, you know, like a work, work-based work faith in kids my age. Like, from a lot of conversations I've had with, like, people who might whose parents might be, or like, Catholic, they, they don't even yeah. know.
2: So, well, literally TV shows just say that that's what Christianity is, is it's, it's workspace. Like they literally make fun of us for that concept, even though that's not what the Bible even says.
0: And how cool that you had that opportunity to talk with those two guys. And I, like you said, they were ready to just beat feet and go, go do one of the other activities that the camp had to offer, but that, um, the spirit had their, their hearts ready and you had a simple question, but a deeply profound question that mm-hmm. could address, like James said, a lot of people do have this idea as a works-based type thing for whatever reason. And for them to be able to sit down for two hours that the Lord just spoke through you and and, and ministered to them. And, and, you know, and it will be really super exciting if your paths do not cross in this lifetime to get to the other side. And and to hear how he worked mm-hmm. in their lives, and that that was probably a really profound moment in their lives. That you, um, who was young and cool and was willing to listen to them, could really be able to share the gospel.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm I'm glad. So so you've moved across country. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, can you tell us, like, how how have you seen God recently in your life? Um, like, I don't know, in the last couple weeks, month, whatever.
2: Yeah, I, I've i kind of been thinking about this a lot lately, because I, I don't know, it feels a little bit, I don't want to say selfish, but more like thinking inward of how, like, God's been speaking to me and just in my own life. But um, like the last six months, I was just kind of like, standing at my parents and trying to find a job and it was pretty defeating because I, it it wasn't like I got rejected a ton or anything, but it was just like, man, this is really, it's really hard to be 24 and living with your parents because society has told me over and over again, that means you're a loser. And so I was just like, I was sitting there and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to be depressed. And I was like, well, I can't get depressed because then I'm going to quit trying to get out of the situation I'm in or something. And so, It was, it was this weird mode of like kind of being stressed, but just being like, man, I feel like I'm just completely out of control of my life right now. And I don't know, just like meeting Aaron and like talking to him about this church and actually like getting here has honestly, I felt like me seeing God at work because I've only been working with Aaron for two weeks, but honestly, I think he's probably like the best boss I've ever worked for, which is, is huge for me because it's, it's hard even in ministry to find somebody who's genuinely as humble as he is, because once you put someone, even if they're a pastor on a position where like you're in charge of everything and everybody listens to you, it's really hard to keep pride out of that. And I feel like he does that in a really good way. And he just really genuinely cares about the people in this church and just not just him that I work for him. So it's pretty public to me, but just everyone at this church, like I just see how God uses them and like how they've been just really welcoming to me. And I don't know, I, 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 it's not like something profound. It's not like a miracle, but just like finding this church just feels like God being like, JD, you went through the six months where it was miserable. And this is because you persevered, like this is what I had prepared for you. So I just think it's cool. Also, there's this kid, James, who seems pretty cool. I like <laughs> him too. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. I okay, think Aaron, James, I think Aaron... Everybody brags about you in the background. I hope you know that. Really? Don't let it go to your head. But
1: I thought I thought Sharon didn't like me that much. That's oh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no! It's great. No, I think Aaron's so cool. Especially like he hasn't even been here that long. Like we've only yeah. been, like, have an actual church for a couple months. I yeah. feel like everyone already loves this guy. They're like, "Oh yeah, Rob oh, Rob's gone." But we have Aaron, we've Aaron still. <laughs> Rob still got a few more weeks. No, I'm but, just kidding. but you know, but
0: the thing is the hard part um so JDU and Pastor Aaron have the thing in common about whole trying to get to know people during COVID. Mm-hmm. Because he and his family moved here and then um COVID hit like 3 weeks after that. So that it it's it's He's got great advice on ways to connect through, you know, just one-on-one social distancing, outdoor things, all, all sorts of things. But from the perspective of being on the staff, we've been praying for you. Didn't know it was you specifically, but I've been yeah. praying for you for a while. Um, James can say the same from the students um, and the families have been praying for you. And hopefully that sustained you through those six months as both you and the church search committee were in a process of discernment um, to bring you here. So we are super excited that you're here.
2: Yeah, no, and I, if it wasn't clear, I'm excited to be here too, but yeah.
0: So James, do you have any last words for us?
1: Um, I think, you know, just, uh pray for me because I'm not I'm only going to experience a couple more months of JD before I go to college and I'm disappointed about that so um, (laughs) but I don't know Um, I think I say this a lot JD's dope Aaron's dope everyone Sharon's dope Uh, yeah everyone Um, at the church here is so awesome JD's right about that Um, yeah
0: Well, it's um, I love having these interviews and hearing a little bit more about each um, about people's lives and how God has worked in them and through them and how we're all part of God's kingdom in that way. So thanks again, JD, for being with us. And um, James, as always, it's a pleasure.